You're listening to Not Another Origin Story, the comic book movie podcast. I'm your host, Pokes, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Benjamin Chapman. Wanda! That was the least dramatic name to yell out, like a lot, like a lot in this movie. I really feel like they should have just changed her name to Stella, just to try to cash in on streetcar <laughs> named Desire. Just, just screaming Wanda up at the heavens never felt right, and they did it like I think maybe six times. Yeah, it's uh, there's a lot going on in this movie with the dialogue or lack of good dialogue. There's a lot going on in this movie with an absence of a script. Jesus. Yeah, speaking of which, this is something I found out. I, I was reading some stuff about uh, the movie beforehand, and I was like, who? Because like, while watching this movie, I was like, wow, this movie is like a screenwriting 101 script that like failed the class. You know what I mean? Like, It's not good. It contains like every cliche line a movie can have, and they're just not well done. But one of the writers, this is his only writing credit. He was a special effects guy. And they let him yeah. write a movie. Why would you let a special effects guy write a movie? I I don't. There's a lot I don't understand. I and mean, like in like a great special effects guy. Like he did the special effects for Jurassic Park. I I know. Oh boy. But uh, but you're totally right in that this movie this this screenplay doesn't have any complexity. It never attempts to take a dive into a scene. It's all just like, what can we say in these moments in between our next CGI sequence that we're going to attempt? <laughs> and, and what's crazy is, like, they don't even do the explaining his powers until the, like, an hour and ten minutes into the movie. It's right before the final fight scene, somebody explains to him the basis of his suit. They it's do, crazy! They do flashbacks 12 minutes in you have not earned the right to do a flashback at 12 minutes this you can't this you can't. movie literally starts with like dialogue like it's a voice by the way did we oh, even yeah. say that <laughs> I, I, think, I think we're, obs- we're i mean I'm, I'm sure you saw the title when you clicked on your podcast app but i'm just like i came in hot man i came in mad yeah this this movie is aggressive uh, when i watched it, i was like oh this is rough it was worse than i remembered it being i even remember like, it being good but yes we did do spawn uh, <laughs> but they managed they this movie I, I just have to explode they managed to work together both the shitty effects that we've seen in other movies where the suit the practical rubber suit looks bad and well, then yeah. all the CGI looks bad. Like, none of it is passable, even for the time period. Like, what is crazy is they gave them, like, $10 million extra dollars. Or so, I forget what it was. No, I think the movie was originally going to cost, like, 20 I forget. I didn't write it down. I thought I did. But it was like they doubled the movie's budget, and all the extra money just went to special effects. And there is, like, a legit a scene where he is in hell that looks like a, like a cartoon. It, I mean, it is the main yeah. villain who is he, the hell guy, whatever, Malgabol or whatever. I forget what his name was. He is – like his mouth does not move while he's talking. It's just a stationary mouth with like the world's worst underbite. But like it, it looks like somebody was like, all right, here's the animatic of how the scene will go. And they were just like, well, can we just use this? And they were like, well, no, this is, this is unfinished. They're like, yeah, but it's – gotta be real cheap right <laughs> like i mean it looks like they did like the wire frame and the guy the guy who got the movie was just like yeah no that's good enough you you guys banged it out of the park it is yeah. terrible 
it is it is all wireframes. It was like someone took one texture from the original Doom and then just control CV'd it across yeah. the entire background. Like it's one flat texture that does not move. It looks and like the lava texture from Doom. You're exactly right. That's what it looks like. Just slightly higher res than the old Doom game. Like every li- like, like the demon claws and everything are always like these sharp tri- like angled triangles like like and like weird cones. Nothing is natural or 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 logical and then it it would make it makes like it has the level of quality of like those those insurance general commercials you know what i mean yes like yeah like you say it looks like a video game from like 1998 where they would cut you like this is state-of-the-art graphics and now you look back and you're like god my brain must have had like some serious issues back then but i want to complain about this for an extra minute here because we're gonna have a lot of things to say about the cgi because this is like a this is a CGI movie. Spawn is a character that, A, couldn't be done without CGI. I mean, there was no way to practical effect the things that he can do in the comics. No, no. To do CGI. Plus, you've got demons and stuff, and I'm sure you could have, you know, been creative about that. But no, no, no. They, they went full bore. We're going to go to hell. We're going to have fight scenes in hell. And we're going to, like, spend $10 for every second of film to try and get this done by a bunch of, like, CGI, like, like computer engineering students. But I just, I just, just for clarity, just for fucking clarity, when we talk about how it's not fair, because often in this podcast we make fun of bad CGI because we're often watching movies from the you know early two thousands that maybe didn't have the budget to pull off something you know like uh, something magical. But just for fucking reference, this movie came out in nineteen ninety seven, the same year that like Titanic came out, I believe, which was you know yes, it did come out. Pretty heavily CGI'd, you know, since they're on, you know, they're not yes. going to be actually on a sinking ship. Uh, Jurassic Park, as you mentioned, fully rendered CGI creatures, 93, look better than this movie. Uh, Toy Story came out in 95. Better looking. I, just, I, I, I know it's a pure CGI like movie and it comes from a completely different realm, but I mean, like, that movie about living toys felt... A thousand times more realistic. Here's here's Earth. also something shocking. Jurassic Park came out in 1995, I think. It's Jurassic Lost World, the sequel, came out in 97. So did the first oh. Men in Black. Yeah. So somehow they've got oh, worse oh. special. Alien Resurrection <laughs> came out that year. Oh my god! Like, it's not... It, Starship it's like, Troopers, which I think was made for $48, has better special effects than this movie. It is worse than, like, Lawnmower Man. Like, oh, it is, it is aggressive how bad. Super bad. And it's I, so jarring because, like, when they go to hell, it is clear that you're like, oh, they, like, sent this to Romania. Like, one like oh, one digital yeah. effects team was in, like, a Jesus. Soviet bloc country, and they got like they got the footage in, and it was, like, a week before the movie came out, and they're like, well, uh, we got to use this. <laughs> I mean, it is crazy. And also, I, I looked up the figure. The movie's budget was $40 million dollars. A third of which they spent on special effects. So thirty million dollars was spent on special effects in this movie. And it didn't have to be, because here's the thing: if you're a competent director or producer or whatever, you know we've seen tons of these comic movies take wild leaps in character in visual alterations of what's in the comic. Just make the devil like. Like they do in Constantine, where it's just like a guy in a suit who looks real evil. Like just, just put a modern spin or something. Like, don't actually go to hell. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, 
there's really no reason because they originally don't even show you. He's just back on Earth, and you're like, oh, okay. Right. And then they're like, don't you remember what happened? And then they cut to it, and I'm like, right? They flash back to hell, which yeah. Is why is it I a flashback? Never say. Why would you? Why would you have to flash Like, why wouldn't it just be like, here, how about this? Here's what we do. I didn't even. I didn't even think about that. But you're right. Yeah, he just he gets killed. He gets burned, by the way, which is not at all. I think how he dies in the comic. Like, there's no, no reason. He's, to... he's lit on fire in the comics. But he's like, when he gets to hell, he's in his human form. No, he Spawn always looks like a like he's been severely burned in is the that... comics. He's just never seen in the comics without his mask. Usually, he it's very rare that he's not wearing the mask. But then why do a whole movie with him just as a guy in like a plaid a plaid jacket like looking I... like a victim from front to back in this movie? I well, he doesn't look like it. he looks like he's just made of Play-Doh. He looks like a really shitty cosplay of Clayface from Batman. Like he doesn't look like a burn victim. He just looks like his face is made of rubber. Yeah, it's like shocking. And then, real quick, which one more thing about the uh, the hellscape scene is, did you notice that uh, when they're showing his army, it's a guy in a spawn suit? So I don't know why. If the, all the army has spawn suits, I don't know why you need a leader. I mean, the spawn suit seems like it takes care of itself, but. They must have filmed five, like the same guy doing five oh, yeah. different motions and just repeated them. And one of them, the guy is air humping. I swear to God, there's like yep. a where it's like going up, and there's one guy like air humping, but everybody else is just like generic, like celebration. And it's like, but they repeat every like four inches. It's just you see the same guy pumping his fist, and it's and some guy air humping. Um, you're like, what the fuck? And they show it like seven times. It's like you're you're playing Cruising USA and you slow down and look at the crowd to your left and it's just a bunch of like flat like like <laughs> pictures being animated in two frames being like hooray hooray like it's like it's oh, it's a joke yeah, you know, it's, it's it is terrible and he could have written around any of these things there's so many ways he could have written around these with with some creative filming or or, or restructuring because yeah all all the the demon has to do. You know, all all Mal- Malboga, is it Malbogia? Whatever. Maybe it's that's it. I don't remember how he super says. Hard to say. All you need to do with that is that he needs to give he needs to give um, uh, Al Simmons a deal. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's, I mean- that's his role. So he can be in any form you want. I mean, it's the it's a demon. We've shown this clown can transform into a you know from a demon to a clown. So just do absolutely anything but what you. Or choose. yeah, or here's like the thing is like. You, you don't even show it initially, and it's a flashback, so maybe just take that out of the movie. Like, why do we have to see him in hell? It doesn't do anything for the film. He goes down there to fight the Violator and then instantly reappears in a living room and then kills the Violator there. So it's like, couldn't he just have the whole fight in the, the living room? Destroy that guy's house? Like, there's no reason for them to ever go to hell, especially with how bad it looks. Like, they should have known after the first shot of it that they got it back. They should have been like, we have to edit out every scene that takes place in hell because it is so aggressively bad it's insane and to, it, it, to make the mo- or to do the cgi devil guy huge but not make his mouth move is also obs- like that's how bad the cgi is they couldn't even figure out how to just make his mouth open and close so when he talks he's just his mouth is just open like he's like brain dead or something he's just like like with, like it's just hanging open and then he talks and you're just like, I don't – is that him? Like when he first started talking, I was like, who the fuck is talking right now? Is there a character I can't see? And then I realized it was supposed to be the giant demon. And I was like, oh, that's an interesting choice. <laughs> but uh, let's uh, – we can come back and complain more about the horrible CGI as it goes along. Let's Yikes. just start out the 
Just, Pardon? just yikes. I just yeah. want to say yikes to, to everyone out there who maybe saw this in 97 when it came out and you don't have a good recollection of it. I mean, I'm going to need to capture a GIF of, of something in hell just to remind you of oh, what yeah. we're talking about. Because I feel like people are being like, oh, I remember this. It wasn't that bad. I think that's the, what's happening here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it's like when you think I'm gonna love going back and playing Goldeneye on the 64, and then you load it up and it's like this is this is this is trash to my eyes. Like I can't look yeah, at this. And like all the fond memories you have of being like, I remember the controls being really good, and you're like, oh my god, you can't, oh, like no, you can't no, move no, no, at all. Yeah. You're, it's like this is awful. Why did I think that? I guess because it was the only game I had at the time. But just to go into to some questionable parts of the writing in this movie, this movie starts with a voiceover of a character that we do not. They don't really introduce until like 30 minutes into the movie, and they never explain really why he's doing a voiceover and who he's talking to. Because it's not like it starts and it's Al Simmons and he's like, you know, I've, I've worked for the government and I, you know, I want to get out or something. And it's, then I had one bad day. Yeah, something. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not like Spider-Man, like, here some I real, am. Some real hot cliche bullshit. Yeah, no, 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 none of that. So this guy starts and he lays out information like so fast so, i mean like the movie starts it goes to black after the, like the production logo and then it comes in he's like uh there's evil on earth and they want to try and there's like angels and they're all fighting for souls because they need more souls so they can go into and you're just like wait what who is like and he's just naming off people he names off the demon you're like i don't know who that is it's not a like a no it's not like he's like lucifer he says the name of a made-up demon that doesn't exist anywhere but in Spawn. So if you're a casual moviegoer, you're like, who the fuck is Malgeable or whatever? You're just like, uh... And then he just goes on, and then he's just like, they're about to get their strongest weapon. <laughs> and then it just cuts to... He's like reading the Spawn Wikipedia page. And then <laughs> while the, sh the movie is showing you clips of the movie you're about to watch... It's like... like it, it reminded me of like if the Lord of the Rings opening had just started with her being like... Myth falls into legend. You're like, wait, what? Like, no, there's no like starting ground. He starts as if like he's already been talking to you for ten minutes about who this demon is, what exactly is the the spawn. He just starts, and you're like, I feel like this movie started sooner than it was supposed to. Yeah, it's this movie basically decided to start with a PowerPoint presentation. We're gonna show you the actors, and we're gonna tell you about their attributes, and we're going to sort of just well, yeah, we're just gonna like vomit like plot at you when you start in a movie where no people might not know the backstory you have to go in soft you, just, you have to say like oh, yeah there's a war between heaven and hell and one man it's caught in the middle let's take a look you know like that's you, you gotta start soft you can't be like everyone knows malbolgia well he's looking to assemble 1000 souls he's got about 874 right now so he's getting close like <laughs> yeah i mean like they're going through and you're just like like while it was going on my note i wrote down i was just like <laughs> Holy shit, this movie's coming at me with a lot of info that I'm not going to remember in seven minutes. And then it's and, like, here's John Leguizamo for a moment. Ah, here's John Leguizamo. His character's the clown. Anyway, like, they just, like, introduce yeah, and show and, clips, and then they, like, go to the next person. <laughs> yeah, it's as if, like, they're introducing people that, like, everyone knows about, and they're like, well, we don't need to explain this to you. Everybody knows. And it's like, this is 97. <laughs> like, Spawn is huge. But comic book movies aren't huge, really. So it's like you're not – it's not like it's like the market where you're just like, yeah, everybody knows who Spawn is. He's like Superman. 
He's not. You know what I mean? It's like, he's got a weird, convoluted backstory that most people who read the comic probably right. wouldn't even have told it's you at not, the time. It's not like Spider-Man Homecoming that we just did in which we said, oh, and the movie assumes a lot about what you would know going into it, like about the the aliens from the Avengers film and how they fought in New York and who's who and how Spider-Man helped out with the fight with Captain America. That stuff, it assumes you know that because, yeah, it's, it's the Marvel like universe is hot as shit. And yeah. I was going to say, several billion dollars worth of ticket sales has determined yeah. they assume at least someone saw these other movies. Fucking Spawn is not the kind of place where you can just be like, all right, welcome to the movie. Anyway, Malbosia has riven, risen from like the seventh layer, and you're just like, whoa, 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 whoa. As, as soon as the like the voiceover started, I was like, uh-oh. I was like, this is, is, is going to be more trouble than I remember it being. And then it's like really dense, and it reminded me so much of the voiceover in Barbed Wire, where it was just like yeah. all this information that you're just like, do I actually need to know any of this, or could it just be put down to one sentence? Like, there's a war against, there's a war between heaven and hell, and uh, they're about to get their 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 greatest weapon. But then we're introduced, to and then you're just like, oh, okay, I get the basic premise. At this this character you're about to introduce is going to be the weapon who will the heaven and hell will fight over or whatever, which is right. not actually the plot of the movie, but. Then we, we go into a room where he basically shows up and just kills air traffic control people. Yeah. Like, they're just, like, those are just ordinary people doing a, a very important job. And, they live and then in North shoots Korea. a rocket they, at him. They live in North Korea. There's not a lot of great... Like, are they in North Korea at this point? I, don't, I, don't I think remember. they're actually... I think they're in Hong Kong, I think. They're in Hong Kong? Because they're in North or they're Korea. In, or they might be in South Korea, but they're in, like, an Asian country. Right, right. And he's basically just at, like... A normal air. It's not a military airport, which I don't know why this general is being dropped off at a regular airport. Yeah, like when we fly generals places, we don't have them like land at Dallas and be like, figure out how to get to the base from here yourself. You know, you land at the fucking military base. That's why they have runways. But it's <laughs> yeah, like insane, yeah. you know? I mean, it's like that's the military has planes. We don't have we to got, just send our generals and coach. We got, oh, where's the foreign diplomat from Israel? Oh, he's at the Aubon Pan at LaGuardia. <laughs> yeah. You couldn't even get him into the VIP room. They're like, ah, we no, couldn't splurge. No. You know how expensive plane flights are? Um, but yeah, and then so he shows up and he blows up this plane by shooting just like a rock, a, a missile at it after just, again, shooting. like. And I'm like, why did he need to be in the air traffic control place? A highly overcomplicated missile. Couldn't he have just been like in literally anywhere he fires? Excuse me. He fires a missile. It's not like you know. It's not like he gets up there and he has like one shot. Like it's like a, you know a perfect angle that he needs to snipe this guy. He fires a goddamn missile at an airplane. Like he could have just been laying on the tarmac and yeah. waiting for the plane. There's no reason for him to have gone. It's, it's a million dollar. It's a million dollar missile, and it's like got all this tech people. on it. Yeah, he and murders it, people for no reason. And all this scene is establishing is that he's a good assassin, but this doesn't give you that information. Like he. No, just airplanes like, could have done this. <laughs> yeah, literally anything could have done this. It's not like it looks like – it's not like, too, it's like, you know, like, oh, the Hong Kong, this general or whatever, whoever he was, I don't remember. But it's like, died because his plane had a malfunction and it exploded. It's like, no one is like, oh, yeah, that guy died by accident. They're like, that guy was killed by the most aggressive missile strike in the history of assassinations I wonder in 1997 which country could have pulled that off. You know what I mean? It's like everybody would immediately be like, why did the U.S. just kill that guy? Nobody else would do this. And they killed they killed four just air traffic controllers. They were all dads. They were all dads. Yeah, they're just like – like the one guy gets up. Like what's crazy is the guy with the gun runs at him. He punches that guy in the face, and then everybody else stands up, and he just mows them down. Like none of those guys had guns. 
you knocked out the one guy with the gun and then shot everyone else. And we did it in the wrong order. We're four minutes and 30 seconds in. We're like, oh, this is our cool protagonist that we're supposed to have an affection for who doesn't want to kill later in the movie. Anyway, so that, by the way, that explosion uh, set you up for what you were about to experience in terms of graphical expertise. Because when the plane explodes, just a bunch of like, polygon triangles come flying off like <laughs> yeah like a wing drops and it's like you, you can see the plane and then it's like you know like in like bad movies where the explosion happens in front of an object like they yeah, just they, overlaid it like an explosion they filmed separate yeah and then like but like what they do is it explodes and then as it explodes you just see the most like unrendered no light effects just a piece of the wing it just falls straight down i'm like kind of explosion has no external propulsion like the wings just like oh no the plane's gone i'll just gravity will take over there's no force from this explosion it was so atrocious i could still see it in my head it's just like all these little like triangles came out like it was like someone blew up the game virtua fighter like it just (laughs) i mean it looks like every sci-fi movie you've seen except for slightly under budget like, I mean, like, while watching it, I was like, I, the Yeti movie has better special effects than this. I mean, I, I gotta be super clear. This is Stargate TV show level CGI graphics. Like, this is, like, lowest common. This is, like, sci-fi original picture, like, on at 3 o'clock in the afternoon graphics, and we're talking about, like, a $40 million budget. It's Yeah, I mean, like, this is, like, the first season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. where they didn't think it was gonna stay on, and they were like, <laughs> we'll give you a limited amount of money, and they were like, but we wanted to do CGI, and they were like, well, you fucking figure it out. You know yes. what I mean? It's... You're right. This is a pilot episode of a movie. It's what they, yeah, that, like I think like the entire first season of uh, Agents of Shield didn't cost ten million dollars, and these guys had thirty million dollars. Nope. Nobody had the, the the confidence in this fucking film to to get. And what's it any. crazy is there's like no scene in this movie where you're like, I get where they spent thirty million dollars. Every scene of CGI is so bad. You're like. I don't – how could you have spent $30 million and this is what you end up with? And by the way, we're tw- we're 20 minutes into this podcast. At this point, you think we must be talking about mm, about a half hour into this movie. No, we are still four minutes in and we're about to go into five minutes of illegible credits. <laughs> oh, yeah. The credits were so bad. After 30 seconds, I was just like, don't need to see these. And I started to like, try to figure out where they ended. And I was like, oh, my god. They're like, like I think four or five minutes long. I'm like, that's way too long for credits in a movie where it's just you filmed a fire pit and then are putting people's pictures in it. We are 15 minutes in, and all this movie has accomplished is a very long PowerPoint presentation on what characters you're about to see and clips from the movie that you haven't watched yet. And then then a, a, a faceless, voiceless, like, masked character murders a bunch of people at an airport, and then we go into a five-minute credit sequence with, like, tool album art font that you cannot oh yeah you can't read it it's just like it's a bunch of like it's a bunch of just like pitchforks trying to form letters over like a fire background yeah and the fact that the background is just flames and the font is like yellow with black in it you're just like well you know what fire is is yellow with black in it fuckheads like why did you why couldn't the text be white or well who filmed it It, it's so long that i was like oh my god this is insane by even title credits and it has like this terrible techno song behind it. The mu- the music in this movie is aggressively bad. And like not even like you're watching it and you're just like, oh, I remember this. Ter-. You know, like when you see movies that have like that let the bodies hit the floor mu- song in the background, you're like, oh, that music was real terrible. This is just like music. You're like, I- I've never heard of this band, this song, nothing. It's like they just found the most C-level bands they could find and were like, could you play a techno beat for us? But then what's crazy is after the credits end, what happens? 
there's more fucking voiceover from this guy we don't know who he is i was just like really more and he just starts explaining more of the story to us and he's like the ace and i was just like you gotta be kidding me man i could not believe how much voiceover and then the voiceover appears one more time in the middle of the movie and then never again and i'm just like i why do they do that i don't understand how movies do this where they're like put a voiceover in uh this scene doesn't make any sense put a voiceover in do we need it anywhere else and eh, now nah, why tie the movie together with a voiceover yeah you know, like it's it's really awkward uh and then we're introduced to uh the mainstay of the spawn universe which is terry fitzgerald um mm-hmm. a, a common element in the spawn comics uh for uh, a, a, a close friend of al simmons before he dies it becomes spawn um played by db guy what's his name i think it's db simmons or whatever uh oh i have no idea what i, I was just like nope don't know who this guy is played db sweeney played by a white guy which just seems like some hot bullshit i think he's white in the comics or he's not I, he's not oh okay he's not I if, I, he was. if I, there was uh, i was reading about some of the interviews with, with somebody in this movie who was furious about that call because essentially what you got is the opportunity to have a a a, a two two black characters lead a movie uh like basically have an african-american cast you, you can do that yeah. you can have a black cast because fucking you've got a, a comic book that where the main character basically is wearing a mask the whole time so he's like different <laughs> you know it's not a racial movie you know you can just do it it's fine nobody cares but yeah the studios didn't want to do it because they didn't want people to think this is a movie aimed for black audiences was, was the reasoning that they, they they gave so it's just like fuck you fuck you like you had an opportunity. It's just, it just it is sucks. it is also weird to be like, well, we need to throw in a white guy. It's like, but why? I mean, like the guy's in the movie why? for like yeah. ten minutes, and like, is there any benefit to him being white? Yeah, and, and the like, answer is no. You're just gonna burn the skin off your other black actor. So why? Like, just and he's gonna him. look vaguely white for the rest of the film because whoever made the prosthetic did a horrible job of like, he just yeah. looks like like pinky brown instead yeah. of like. <laughs> Who's playing Spawn again? Is it, is it Nicolas Cage? Because I made a Nicolas Cage burn mask, so I really hope. I really hope. Yeah, they're like, um, who's this going on? I was like, it doesn't matter. Also, <laughs> do you know that guy Michael Jai White who plays Spawn? I After watching this, I was like, there's no way that guy ever acted again because he is aggressively bad in this movie. But then I found out he was Black Dynamite in the Black Dynamite movie, and he's yeah. Gamble in The Dark Knight. He's the the black mob boss who the joker stabs and i was like wait he's not bad in those roles no, i was like good. yeah the- i was like it must just be this movie was so poorly written that, that i guess there is no way to like i mean a lot of the lines are just really dumb this i could be fucking solid as hell when he needs when he's given like the right material plus a uh, smaller note he's also in that you remember that mortal kombat like reboot kind of short film that came out like mortal kombat legacy i think it was called oh yeah the, yeah he plays Jax in that, and he's fucking really, awesome. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I genuinely was excited to see him, and then yeah, they burned his face off and gave him like lines that got rejected from the Crow script for the rest of the movie. So it was just, oh, it is, God, it is so bad. I'm actually, I'm actually gonna say it right here. The Crow is also melodramatic about a very similar plot line, uh, almost identical in a lot of ways. Uh, and the crow is way better than this. It's way less melodramatic. It is somehow, more... which is when you really think about it, saying the crow is less melodramatic. A, a movie which is like that, I am saying that with confidence. Like this movie, 
thinks that you're delivering it the coolest catchphrase in the world every time someone walks into a room and says a line. Like everyone's like, not not on my watch. Back to hell. Everyone's got like a fucking bit with their lines and they're all bad. Oh yeah. No one's communicating in any scene. They're just like doing like lines to the camera. It's some ha harsh bullshit. Holy shit. It is, yeah, the whole movie is aggressively bad, and I think it starts getting, like, the dialogue's pretty hackneyed to begin with. We want to talk about, I'm sorry, I just gotta get there because the, the image just flooded my brain. We want to talk about aggressively bad? Can we talk about Martin Sheen's fucking goatee? Can we talk about that aftershot of, like, a a, a fake goatee commercial fucking bullshit? It looks like... They he got on set and they were like we we want you to wear a goatee and he was like mm, not a chance and they're like what if we take a sharpie and just draw a sort of beard on your face and he was like yeah I could probably wash that off in a half an hour I mean it's like hair is never that thin and that close like he looks like he has a drawn on goatee and it is jet black to it me. is like that fucking black they just invented that like absorbs all light like you can't yeah. shine a laser. <laughs> I mean, it's so black that while he's talking, I was just like, oh my god. I need Mythbusters to, to figure that out. I want Mythbusters to see if they can bounce a, bounce a laser off a laser chart of Martin Sheen's fucking goatee and spawn. I mean, oh, it is yeah. so bad. And then I, I, I tried to look up because I was like, why the fuck was Martin Sheen in this movie? Like, it's not like he, he's not known for being in bad movies or like cash grab movies. And I guess his reasoning was he had just wanted to be in a comic book movie. And apparently has terrible taste in comic book films. Oh, God. I mean, it's... He could have been... I would take him in literally any other comic book movie. Literally any other one. He yeah. He can go be Daredevil. I don't care. He could have been the love interest in Barbed Wire. Would have accepted it. Just Could you imagine him saying Fat Bastard or whatever that guy, Big Fatso, whatever his name was? He has got... Yeah, his... You ever see those commercials in, like, the 90s for, like... That shit you spray in your hair to like, like, kind of, it's like black goop that you can like spread around and try and like cover up your bald, your bald spot. It's yeah. like, it's like they painted that on his, on his fucking face. And yeah, his, I, his hair is the same way. It looks fucking weird as hell. I would guarantee that he is not that that is just a drawn on goatee. Like that's not a prosthetic. Like you know they didn't apply a fake beard. They literally were just like just draw it on because it it does not look natural. It doesn't like when he talks. It doesn't move the way, like, hair does when it's attached. You know what I mean? Like, if you have facial hair, when, like, when you do stuff, it, it moves in a specific way. His just looks like it's a lot. I mean, it's really bad. But speaking of beards, this was something else I saw that I just thought was sort of funny. The guy who plays Kuglistri, I don't know, whatever the, the angels guy, the angel guy. So hard. All the names are hard. Yeah. I mean, he was apparently a real person uh, who was tried for being a mason and killed. Or put in prison for the rest of his life by the Inquisition, but it was—it's Coglistrio or something. But the actor is, a, I guess, a pretty well-known actor. Uh, when he showed up, the character in the comics has a beard, and they're like, "We want you to—we're going to put a beard on you." And he was like, "Oh no, I won't wear a prosthetic beard." And they're like, "Oh, well, will you grow one then?" And he was like, "No." And they're like, "So just no beard?" And he was like, "Yeah, I refuse to have a beard in this movie." <laughs> and so they're just like, "Um, okay." And I was just like, "What an odd like." It's in our MDB trivia, but I'm like, who thought that was worthy of reporting? They'd be like, this. But then <laughs> I was like, barely, af- I, after. Counts as trivia. But after I read it, I was like, I almost feel like he got the like the set the day they were doing like all the costuming, 
to see if how everybody looked and he walked by Martin Sheen and Martin Sheen had that painted on thing and then he went into like wardrobe and they're like all right we want to give you a beer and he was just like no I don't want it because I just saw what you did to Martin Sheen I don't want you coming near me with any beard prosthetic or any idea of facial hair I will keep my own hair and that is it but uh, that is the the that character is the voiceover guy who you don't meet for like 35 minutes into the movie yeah, and they yeah. don't explain who he is for another for like twenty five minutes. So it's like they introduce a mysterious stranger, and you're like, "Ooh, this is gonna pay off." And then when it finally does, you're like, "Oh, I forgot all about this guy, really." And then we're 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 introduced to him in uh, uh, a a well established Spawn location uh, called Rat City, which is sort of like where Spawn lives in the comics. Mm-hmm. It's just sort of like a random amalgamation of like like homeless camps in like the destitute you know, area of the city. Um, it's, uh, <laughs> it's pointless. Oh, it's, it's pointless. And it, the, the whole point of the area in the comics is it's like some sort of, like, it's like the Highlander. If you're on like consecrated grounds, you can't fight if you're on like, so if you go to a church and you're a Highlander, two Highlanders can't fight there. That's the way it is in this comic is it's supposed to be like nothing happens in this area. So it's where spawn goes to heal and like do stuff because no one can come and try to kill him there it's like a a safe zone for angels and demons and stuff in this movie it's just a really shitty alley that has like a church that changes in height and size throughout the film like sometimes it's a four-story church sometimes it's an 87 story church uh it's sometimes brown it's sometimes gray it's really confusing and it's just like a like they make it sound like when he's told about what it is by the his mentor, they make it sound like it's supposed to be like it has some sort of power or purpose. But then you find out through the rest of the movie, it's literally just a place homeless people live. Like there's no angel. He doesn't meet another angel there besides this guy. So it's just like, why did this? Why was this in the movie either? Like I get you're trying to throw something into the comics, but what was the purpose? Like the end game? I don't know. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, and, and and we're introduced to this yeah they were supposed to feel some sort of like like uh, this is his safe place or at home but yeah we're not giving any sort of parameters there's no systems in play we're just sort of like here's a fucking dirty alley i guess this is safety for you also here's a kid who i think we want to be some sort of cool sidekick maybe? yeah or sort of like the audience's way in like here's like an ordinary person that He'll experience Spawn, and Spawn will explain to him what's going on, and that's how we'll figure out the plot of the movie. You know, like they do that a lot in films. There's like they call it the audience surrogate. There's like a person who gets introduced, and everything's explained to them, so it doesn't seem odd. You know, like the person who shows up somewhere, and they're like, "Oh, well, this is what's happening," so that you know, in real life, you don't just explain to people what's happening when you already know. No, <laughs> you know, they, so they have to create they, a character who doesn't know. They skip right past that out to their their narrative troubles and they just start letting every character like John Leguizamo's character will just like walk into a room and be like, Oh, your necro necroplasmic body is shifting into a new form and you can do spike stuff and it'll be pretty neat. Anyway, Malbosia is doing a thing and I just like like stop. Stop stop yeah, John Leguizamo when he shows up is like one if if you're gonna like hang out on earth maybe don't be a midget clown with a weird like with weird face paint like i feel like he sticks out wherever he goes <laughs> but it's like shape. yeah it doesn't yeah make and, sense. and what's crazy though is he's just like he's like the mask 
with no jokes. I, everything he says is supposed to be a joke, but it's all terrible. And I imagine most of it was ad-libbed, or if not, I, I cannot believe he would memorize those lines. But it is – he just shows up, and it's like him farting, him pushing him, him like, like – every, everything about him is gross. And like when they first introduce him, he's like in the shadows, and they like won't show his face to the point where I'm just like, why won't you just show his face? No, nobody knows who the fuck this is. But two, when you have a character you're trying to hide the identity of, and they're supposed to be a, a like a fat midget with face pain, it's just like as he walks off, you're like, what the fuck is happening? It's just like this like big shadow just slowly moving out of a room, and they're like, yeah, this is gonna really impress people. And they don't shadow him enough that you can't just see all of his features. So it's not even like a reveal when you finally see him. You're just like, yeah, okay, that's the clown guy. Really poorly lit. So I don't know if it was on purpose or not. But uh, his appearance is insane. Because uh, Al Simmons goes to do a mission. He wants out. He says that he's done. Hell wants Al Simmons so that he can become the leader of the Hell army and lead a, a war into heaven is the plot of this movie. So Simmons shows up to blow up some chemical plant. I don't know. And he gets lit on fire and then left in an explosion, which felt like overkill, but then wakes up in an alley, goes to his, his old house, finds out that his wife has married somebody else, goes back to the alley like, and this is maybe like a seven to ten minute long scene, and then John Leguizamo just explains what happened with him going to hell in a flashback. And it's like, why did they do it as a flashback that in that small of an amount of time? Like, why not just have the movie, he dies, he goes to hell, then he comes back and he has amnesia? Like, there's no reason to reverse the order. But did you notice when he was in hell, they made a full body burn suit for him? Yeah, he's got, like, he's... Which, <laughs> that's... Which did not have genitals. There's a full shot of him completely burned, and he has no... And I'm like, why did you do a full body shot? And nobody would be like, aren't people going to wonder what happened to his chair? Like, he's completely naked. It's so weird. I'm like, and there's no reason to show a full body shot. It doesn't... There's no purpose to it. So it's just very jarring. You're like, oh, he's a Ken doll. Yeah, I'll be honest. It does does impact Spawn's power when before he even fights one villain, you show that his dick burned off. (laughs) Into a nice smooth (laughs) Into a nice nice smooth bed. Really doesn't doesn't inspire all that (laughs) that level of, like, badass. You just show him screaming Wanda in fire tubes and losing his dick and burning. When he dies and is falling to hell, it is great because he's just like, Wanda! He's just like, that's what he's yelling. I guess he's falling is just a person's name as he falls forever into like the pit of despair. But um, so that's when we get Liguizamo explaining it. It's full of just bad jokes. But if anybody here listened to uh, the mini episode, Ben brought up that John Liguizamo in this film eats maggots, like real maggots that are on a piece of pizza. That was like so unnecessary for him to do. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, while watching it, I knew that scene was coming. Yeah. And when he picks up and starts eating, I was like, wow, there was no reason for him to eat real bugs. Or to even pick up that piece of pizza and eat it. It was just like a scene thrown in to gross people out for no reason. So I felt even worse. I'm like, not only did he eat maggots, but no reason whatsoever to eat those maggots. It was weird. Uh, Also, too, I did love when the uh, angel narrator, when he goes back and he's talking to Spawn... 
the angel narrator who's been telling us everything just refuses to explain to Spawn what is happening to him. Like, he chases the clown off, and it's just like, things are changing for you. And then just walks away. I'm like, why don't you explain to him what's happening? Why do you wait two more days to be like, all right, your suit has special powers. It's like, why didn't you just start off from, like, jump and be like, here's what's happening. They want you to lead an army to kill all these people, but it's going to bring hell to earth. It was just really weird why all of a sudden the angel was tight-lipped. And you've got an arc that would work just fine here. You introduce the character. He's betrayed, dies, goes to hell, comes back, discovers he's powerful, uses that power with Becca's abandon, discovers that he needs to find his humanity, and then the movie can end. Like, I just wrote a better movie just now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's what's crazy is, too, is the comic is, is perfectly a perfectly good comic, and it's the same story, minus the weird heart monitor that somehow Spawn just blows up in the end and it doesn't do anything. I would assume the heart monitor, once it the signal goes off, it would have the same effect as if yeah, it's not a kill died, switch. It, I guess you, not. Breaking it is the same as killing a person. Like <laughs> I don't understand how that worked. But 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 then like you you show Spawn this early scene where he blasts into that gala to fight uh, Jason Wynn, uh, Martin Sheen's character, and he's in full Batman at that point. I mean, he's breaking through a glass ceiling. His cape's fluttering. He seems to be able to throw his chains and everything around him like like it's like he's perfectly learned all of his abilities. Then right after, he has to be taught to do the things he just did. Yeah. I I, I don't like like the the angel narrator says you're just using your your abilities as reflexes, which I would understand if it if the suit just saved him in moments where he would almost die. But I mean like he is actively slicing and murdering through people like yeah he has to use a gun for part of it but he's he's able to do everything his suit can do to his full capacity and the movie just says no we but oh, we forgot to tell you what all that is let's go try and backtrack and like just it's the same bad logic that says hey let's do a hell scene in a flashback let's do fight scenes and then teach him how to fight <laughs> yeah it's i there was so many questions and then, also, I was, like, so excited for this movie to finally kick off at the moment when they're in that gala. Because he throws Martin Sheen across the room. He kills uh, the pointless female assassin character who served no purpose but to scowl and sort of... Yeah, well, she had to be the replacement for a character from the comics because he didn't own the rights to the character from the comics. God. It just felt like, the, it just felt like an avatar of that well, woman from uh, Goldeneye. Like the rest, yeah. you know... It's Which just, I'm not – yeah, I mean she is like – she straight up feels like a Bond villain. She's given no dialogue. She just wears like leather suits that don't make any sense all the time. Like even – She never aims her gun. She just fires them and somehow they hit things. Or, or even Martin Sheen's like wearing a tux because he's like, I got to blend in. I am like a regular person. She shows up in like a battle suit with like rhinestones on it. And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> she looks like a really shitty Baroness cosplay. Yeah, and, and – and the, their fight is lame, but then all these cops show up, like a like T two style, like when they show up at Cyberdyne, it's like a million cops. They have like, like a fucking mounted machine gun, and I'm like, here we go. Spawn's gonna fucking tear through, and like Spawn, like there's four scenes of Spawn fighting these SWAT team members in the building, and in each scene, the guy in the bad rubber Spawn suit is not shot in the same scene as any of the villains he's attacked or the SWAT member he's attacking. Like they show SWAT people running up and shooting to the left and then they cut to spawn shooting from the hip to the right. And then that's it. You just get a couple of cuts yeah. forth that 
You could not engineer with all of the science of today and the modern future a more boring fight scene than that. And then he gets thrown out of a window, and the rest of the fight scene, if you could call it that, is Spawn just, like, on a ledge. Like, <laughs> climbing because his hands turn into suction cups. So you have this scene where there's all these cops with, like, machine guns, and he's climbing across the building with suction cup hands, and all you hear is they're like, he's up there, and then you just hear... Like, this, like, weird popping sound. I was like, why did they have to put the sound effect in? It sounds like a cartoon. And then he hides. His cape turns into a wall so no one can see him. And then he goes to move, and the thing he's standing on just breaks, so that whole scene's pointless. And, and then he just flies away. Yeah. And it's just, I, it was like, and then you're just like, oh, I guess his cape lets him fly. And then he gets back, and he never flies again. It's just like the whole movie was just, like, random shit they could find. And, he doesn't, and then like... they were just like, meh. He doesn't Batman fly. Let me be clear. He doesn't just, like, soar slowly off a building with a cape. I mean, he fucking Superman flies, and the movie later has him on a motorcycle. Like, it doesn't... Yeah. And he appears to fly by his cape just billowing, as it, like, and that's somehow causing forward... Like, I, they don't really explain how he can fly. And in the comics, his cape lets him fly, I guess. Because I, I looked up his powers, I was like, I didn't think Spawn could fly, but apparently he can. Um, at one point they get sorry just t- total side note oh, here but at one ahead. point they, they get Terry and Martin Sheen into the same room and I realized they both have the worst facial hair like yeah. like their their goatees are both bad and once they're like together I realized they're just well Terry's is like the kind of goatee that like now looking back you're just like mm, that's the kind of goatee a sexual predator grows like it's too manicured it's really weirdly placed on his face and like the whole time like i kept looking at him, i was like i don't like him being near that little girl i <laughs> i feel safer with her near spawn than this guy something's weird about him and nothing look, personal db sweeney just like google terry fitzgerald like from spawn in every scene you find of the art that he's in he looks so fucking cool he's just like this sharp sharp dressed like badass who's just, like, an awesome dude. Like, I haven't read a lot of the Spawn comics, but he looks great in every, every like, like illustration he's drawn in. And then, and then you just cut to this fucking algebra-looking motherfucker, algebra-teaching-looking oh, yeah. motherfucker. It's, it's so, so much of a letdown for a character that's, like, essential to the Spawn universe. It's fucking... And they might as well have just renamed him Vanilla. Because <laughs> there's, like, nothing to him. Even when he finally decides he's going to give away, like, all the secrets that'll show that Jason Wynn is, uh, has been, you know, doing all, creating, or doing all these murders and stuff. Sorry, he I calls, was... like, a fucking newscaster, and he's, like, Skype-chatting her, and he's like, I'm uploading you everything. It's like, send it to the government, man! <laughs> like, send it to the police! What is the newscaster gonna do with it? She can yeah, put it what, on the news, but, what, like, what? the police show up as if they already know there's a crime! What's she gonna vet, too? She's like, oh, I got... A guy, she goes to her editor and is like, a guy, one of my contacts just gave me some documents that say, um, an, a hell clown is, 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 yeah, I mean, it's is like helping so the CIA, crazy. like, like, gas the planet, and they like, get, get out, <laughs> you're fired. Yeah, it was, I was just like, oh my god, this is, and then at the end of the movie, though, he's being, like, arrested as if, in the time that he gets tied up and Spawn has this fight, this lady's gone on the news, all this information has been decided to be true, and the police show up at his house to arrest Jason. <laughs> it's like, wait, how much stuff just happened in what couldn't have been more than 40 minutes? And then the climax of this film is... I don't even know if you can call it a climax. 
he shows up and one this is something they did throughout the movie and this led me to believe that like this is like where part of the money went did you know it's like people parts of them are always glowing like that guy's sword glows Spawn's yeah. eyes glow when violator pretends to be wanda he when she gets stabbed her wounds glowing but no one in the movie sees it so it's like i think they they had to have added that after the movie was over because it makes no sense that no one sees all of this fucking shit glowing everything glows in this movie but no one's like that's weird that guy's glowing over there this wound is like glowing or it drove me insane but the fight at the end um they show up and he, they've captured Wanda, but it's really just Violator pretending to be Wanda. And they travel to hell for a fight with the old, uh, old guy, Cholesterol or whatever the hell, cholesterol. They cholesterol, show up, yeah. and it's like it is literally the most boring. I mean, it made the police fight scene. I was like, well, at least I could tell what was happening there because they were fighting in like a Windows screensaver of hell because the background is like Ben said, it's just a static image. That they've just layered on like the sides of a cube, so it looks like it's the sky, and they're just throwing them into these bad CGI walls that appear, and then they just show back up on Earth, and that's like the basically the end of the movie. Yeah, and again, they're throwing them into just like orange, orange like Jello. Like it's all just this like matte, like unpolished, no reflection, no no like edging, no no shading. It's just like this orange like blob texture. And they just throw the, each other into it back and forth. Someone yells, and then Spawn stabs something, and then they fly back through the fireplace. Yeah, and I, then they're I like, can't. they're like, we won. I, which I could not believe they were like, we won. It's like, you know you didn't kill that guy. You literally just grabbed your friend and flew back through the fire. You know you didn't stop him. And they're sitting there like it's the end of Jaws. And they just killed the... Yeah, I mean, they're just like, oh man, I can't believe we made it. It's like motherfucker he's still alive he's in hell and then he shows up and he eventually kills him but it's not particularly good there was uh, there was so much i was waiting for with spawn i mean he's smart right like the character should be smart to some degree clever i mean like the idea is he's like a trained like wet work i mean like he's like a cia operative right he should be like a master tactician he should know how to go in and do but he just falls into every stupid pitfall he could fall into he just walks into rooms and goes i'm gonna stab you with my knives and then fails to do so and he has all the power in the world he should be this sort of like like batman hell blend character but he doesn't accomplish anything in ingenious he doesn't do anything creative or exciting he doesn't even do something fun like when he finds jason Wynn and like knows he can't kill him i was expecting him to like when he like conjured fire at some point i'm like yeah burn him or something i don't know yeah like like i can't kill you but and just start like breaking his limbs or yeah. something and you'd be like oh that's fucked but burn like that would feel very like, like crow and spawn like like gory but no he just sort of like growls at him and then he somehow has the ability to do surgery with his eyes yeah question mark he has like a green superman like laser but it also is x-ray and also can like take things out of his heart yeah like telekinesis he's like what the fuck is happening also just a tip guys if you're gonna do surgery on somebody never go in through the back that's where the shoulder bones are he had to go through extra layers (laughs) to get rid of it you go through the front man the ribs already have holes in them um but, like, oh two, what's crazy is when he first shows up to kill Wynn, he literally just 
jumps through a window, and the guy is just standing in the middle of a ballroom, and he does not manage to kill him. This guy is supposed to be like Jason Bourne, and he cannot kill one guy in a ballroom in a tuxedo with magic powers. It's like, I mean, keep that's like, how is he not going to kill this guy? That's exactly it. The reason we like characters like Jason Bourne or, or John Wick or whatever it may be is because they have these tiny moments of ingenuity, ingenuity that surprise you and interest you. Like, like Jason Bourne takes the, the fire, the fire escape route sign off a wall. So he knows the layout of a building. Like you just go, Ooh, like I, I like it. He's smart. Yeah. He's got this like ability to just adapt, but he doesn't do any of that. He never like sets a trap. He never uses his abilities to disguise himself or, or, or come out of the shadows or do anything clever he doesn't really even do anything that spawny i mean like basically he shows up at a ballroom fails at fighting a guy kills some innocent police officers who are responding to a call that a, a gunman has shown up at a what it appears to just be a dinner party yeah which with a bunch of arabs which i was like wow this is aggressively racist <laughs> they were like they're like who should the bad guy be talking to yeah, Arabs. I was like, oh, this is in 1997. They were already, we already were against the Middle East, I guess. He's forming his consortium, and it appears to just exclusively be, yeah, like, like, Sheik, like sheiks or whatever. Yeah, yeah. He's just like, what's like, the whoa. fuck? He's like, I, like, I can't even get like a North Korean guy in here. Like, who wants to help me poison the planet? It's just like, I don't know. I guess all of the Middle East. Jesus. It was crazy because in the long shot, I was like. They're literally all just Middle Eastern Muslims. There's yeah. not one. Uh, I was like, you couldn't just throw like a, like an ordinary white guy in there, or yeah, just ch- chucking a guy with like a with like a, a scar on it over his eye, like it's like throwing like a some Russian, bond like throwing like a, like an old Soviet you yeah, know, like, a guy, like in an old Soviet Union costume, a dude who looks like he's from like uh, the Congo or something. like you know, just pick other known bad people. It's just like he's like, I need somebody who's in league with the devil. Muslims. I was like, oh my god, this is this is shocking. But like, he kills these cops, and you're like, those cops are just doing their job. Like, they they don't know what's going on. You just showed up at a dinner party and started shooting at people in suits. Yeah, he does that, and then he basically does nothing else until he fights the Violator and gets beat up pretty badly until the Violator runs away, and then he chases him on a truck. And then they have a really unsatisfactory fight in hell. So it's like all this cool stuff. Like, I mean, Spawn is literally like um, the Green Lantern. Like, if he can think it, his suit can do stuff. So, like, it can become spikes. It can, like, he can pull these chains off that are, like, endless. He can do all this cool shit. His cape lets him do all this stuff, which they can only put in, like, seven scenes, I guess, because it was too expensive. Is my only thought as to why it constantly disappears. But they do all this, but he almost never uses his powers. At the very end, he makes spikes come out of his head so Violator can't eat him. And then his chains cut Violator's head off. And that's it. Yeah, when he chases the clown in that sequence with the vehicle, which is, I I would have to say, like, the only, like, in reference to the other fights in this movie, the only one with some intrigue, like, is, like, a grenade launcher and a motorcycle and, like, a chase sequence. That that at least has something. Fuck's sake. But, um... Even that's shitty because it's Spawn, and it, and the whole fight scene is just a dude uh, in a rubber suit on a motorcycle doing nothing. Well, yeah, it'd be like if um, in Iron Man they were like, "We need you to go after this guy," and he's like, "Okay," and then he gets in a jet, 
You're like, why the fuck are you using a mode of transport? We just saw you fly ten minutes ago. Use your cape to fly over there. Yeah, and just drive around this guy. He's in a, a gigantic truck. You could hit, like, 80 on a motorcycle. That truck probably can't hit 60. It's exactly that. It's like Iron Man getting in, like, a golf cart and then just like, <laughs> trying to catch up so he can punch the car. Like, I mean, you have guns. You have lasers that come out of your eyes. You've got chains that come out of your body, and you can... Fly. Yeah, apparently you could have just used your x-ray eyes to just pull all the wheels off the car or something. And it's such a pointless fight scene. And then he becomes this weird, uh, like, I don't know, he uses his cape to create, like, this gigantic spike that the violator just drives into. And then there's another terrible special effect explosion where the violator's just, like, flying up in the air with the explosion behind him. And he is, like, I, I don't know. John Leguizamo, I don't want to say anything bad about him. <laughs> Maybe he's good in other things, but... He is aggressively terrible in this movie. Like, his ad-libbing, and if it's not ad-libbing, then it's not his fault, but if he is ad-libbing, it's the worst. It, like, makes me look like a pro at ad-libbing. I mean, it's so bad. Half of them are just, like, dick or fart jokes that aren't oh funny. God, yeah. Like, at least, like, the 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 sort of, like, energy behind his performance has some credibility. He's the one thing everyone remembers about this movie, is the weird thing. Like... Anyone who's seen it or maybe saw parts of it and you're like, Spawn movie, what What do you remember? Everyone, nobody says, oh, I remember all those cool times Spawn, like, killed people with his cool chain, devil chains. Like, everyone's like, I remember John Leguizamo as a clown, like, farting and doing, like, yeah. and doing, like, goofball I, shit. I remember, yeah, I remember him farting a noxious cloud, and I remember Spawn's cape being aggressively not real and in only four scenes but you were right like that's all i remembered about the movie when we when we were like let's do spawn i was like that's all i really remember i forgot martin sheen was even in it like, yeah that's how bad this movie is that it made me forget martin sheen was in it with the worst facial hair in hollywood uh you also you kind of nailed it earlier and i wanted to, I wanted to point it back to it you said uh you called him like a like like the mask but with none of like the effect yeah none of the humor humor or 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 purpose yeah it's exactly that like he just one point he's just dressed as a cheerleader because at that moment we were in a gymnasium but it's not like the gymnasium had any significance we were just in a gymnasium because i don't know yeah. that's what was open on set day like i don't yeah because they, they were filming in a high school i assume <laughs> something like that but like what's craziest too is he just like appears as a cheerleader and starts doing this cheer but no one's there he's doing it just for himself like it's so bizarre you're like why is he there dressed as a cheerleader and doing and then he gets sucked to hell and we have to watch him talk to this you know this terrible cgi person again you're just, it made you be like i kind of wish we could just go back to watching him in the cheerleader outfit but it i don't know it's it's so bad it's so very very bad <laughs> but yeah he his fart jokes it like at one point i was waiting for him to yell somebody stop me because, like, that's what it started to feel like, was just bad 90s sort of, like, improv jokes with, like, weird facial expressions. See, you want to know something weird? And that, that it changes my opinion of the person I'm about to mention? Uh, Roger Ebert gave this movie a pretty fucking high score. Really? He gave it, like, I, he gave it, like, four stars out of five, I think. And oh God, that's insane. And he specifically praised John Leguizamo's performance as, like, fantastic. Like now there is another movie i forget what it is i can't remember now but he said he really liked it and it's like really bad like fart humor movie and i'm like maybe that's just like his thing 
Like, maybe he's just really into, like, really <laughs> immature comedy. Did we just uncover that Roger Ebert just, like, is super down with fart jokes? Like, that's just what Yeah, he's just like, I love a good, I love a good toot joke. You know, uh, my favorite part was when he ate maggots, oh, and God. he farted, and you could actually see it. Oh, and then when he was the cheerleader, so brilliant. This movie does have, I just want to check and see, because after you said that, I was like, did this movie get good reviews? It has an 18% on no, no. Tomatoes. It's super, super low. It's it's not it's not well-received. In fact, that's a good point. I was curious about reviews at the time. Uh, uh, just some highlights I picked up. So, so starting from the expected reviews, uh, uh, <laughs> Laura Miller of Salon said the special effects look model shop cheesy, as if they've been created using a handful of action figures and Mac paint. <laughs> uh, uh, from the from Rita Kempley from the Washington Post, the nonsensical screenplay could barely stand up to the the Bezel Bubbin effects mustered by the first time and last time director Mark did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Ellie Weekly, if Spawn had anything close to a script, it would be maybe pretty nifty <laughs> if it had a script. And then yeah, uh, oh, uh, Newsweek said think of Batman on crystal meth. Um, and then I think my favorite was, yeah, Roger Ebert, Chicago Sun-Times. It walks and talks like a big-budget horror film, heavy on special effects, and pitch at the teenage audience, and maybe that's how it will be received, but it's more impressive if you ignore the genre and just take a look at what's on screen. <laughs> I, I mean... I'm baffled wh- by that. Yeah, I, what genre am I ignoring? Film? Like, as long as I don't <laughs> view it as a movie, you'll find it's not that bad. If you view it as a PowerPoint presentation, it's pretty yeah. great. If you think of it as like a movie your kids filmed with a camcorder you got from your grandparents, then it's actually not that shabby. But I, I was just looking. I think this is weird. Rotten Tomatoes says Spawn is an overbearing, overviolent film that adds little to the comic book adaption genre. I wouldn't say this movie is overviolent because nothing happens in it. I mean, other than the fact yeah. he shoots a bunch of aircraft and traffic control yeah. people for no. Like, the biggest casualties are him just shooting innocent people. And, and I, homeless I, people being beat up by the violator. I, I also need to say this. This is literally in Roger Ebert's review. Um, <laughs> the disciplines of this movie blend into one another. Animation, makeup, costuming, process shots, and morphing. They create a place and a look as specific as the places evoked in such films as Metropolis and Blade Runner. What? This? Who wrote that? Roger Ebert. That's it. I don't, I don't, I mean, He's you know, gone. God rest That's his soul. But that is, how could you even, even remotely try to be like, yeah, this reminds me of the world created by Blade Runner. Like, even if you don't like Blade Runner, the movie, if you look at it, like, they create a world. Like, you can really see, like, their version of, of Los Angeles, right? That's where it's actually at. Yeah. I don't remember. But, uh, yeah, that's, or Metropolis, that's insane. That's like being like, this movie captures the the war genre like saving private right you know what i mean just like are we just naming really good films and saying this movie's like that that's crazy that is that's irresponsible to say wildly <laughs> <laughs> irresponsible i'm furious i'm furious um, that means somebody somebody probably saw this movie because like roger ebert said it was good and they were like god damn it ebert <laughs> Uh, you also pointed out in the mini, in case people didn't hear it, uh, that Sam and Twitch do make a, an appearance at the end of this movie as the two cops. The, they don't have any dialogue, but just the two cops that are taking uh, Jason Wynn to jail for his many crimes against humanity, I guess. Oh, sp- yeah. Speaking of humanity, I wanted to bring this up. Um, we, we are also often in these movies surprised by people's very placid and and simple reactions to things that are like wildly paranormal. Like, 
when they meet the when the clown when 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 John Leguizamo's Leguizamo's character shows up in the later part of this movie, uh, when they're like capturing Wanda, uh, yeah. is like bending the limits of the human form. Like he is inflating he, balloons. He makes his face. head, yeah, his head disappears and a balloon appears with his face on it. He's got like a snake tongue. His eyeballs fly out of his head. Spawn himself is you know like body like a, a mixture of like of like latex and man like a like a venom suit kind of thing going on and like everyone is super like whoa interesting like that's cool yeah like when he pops his eyes out in like a bugs bunny cartoon fashion all the wanda and the kid react like oh this guy's kind of odd yeah yeah i mean not like not even like just in general, if that guy showed up, I'd be like, this guy's going to rape and murder us, and I'm not sure in which order. The but, kid, like, they're just like, eh. The kid's next line is like, you were at my birthday party. That was... <laughs> yeah, I remember you. It's like, oh, you... It's amazing you remember the guy who's the same width as he is. <laughs> I, it is... It would be like if someone, like, came up to you on the street and pulled their face off to reveal, like, a lizard man, and you said, hey, I have the same shirt. Like, it's like... Yeah, <laughs> or you're like, I think we went to high school together. <laughs> Oh, you're not at all concerned about this metamorphosis? We'll come back to that later. When did you have English? E- even the other way, with like the kid seeing him, the, like the weird kid Zach seeing Spawn like practice his powers for the first time. Like it's nice that the kid, when the kid first meets him and offers him like a drink, you're not worried by that. The kid sees like a guy who's has a bad, like horrible burns, who's living on the street, and he's like, hey. Yeah, he's not in his spawn. Yeah, he's like, yet. you could use some like help. costume or whatever. He's just wearing, like, a plaid shirt. Like, it's just like, can I help you? And then later on, when he's like, shows up, and he's in, like, full suit, and his, like, a spine's coming out of him, the kid's like, hey, you got a lot of guns there. That's neat. <laughs> yeah, when he shows up, and he's just got, like, guns hidden in, like, an attic space, and he's like, that's pretty cool. Yeah. It's like, um... <laughs> I, your abusive father may be the least of your problems yeah, if you just are shit. approaching crazy, crazy men you just met who are now wearing bizarre costumes and have like 800 guns. Also, it seems like the kid's uh, purpose was also just to fetch this guy's dog. Like, yeah, it just, I don't, it was like they, I assume that there must be like a, a character like that in the comic. I'll be honest, the only spawns I ever read were medieval spawn. Um,. Like, those were the only Spawn comics I've ever read. So I have no idea what actually happens. I, I looked up his basic story just so I would know how cl- – because I was like, is this close to the comics or at all? But I assume there's got to be, like, a similar character in the comic. Or otherwise, it it is just insane to imp- – because it's not like he's even, like – he doesn't know he has a kid. And I'm not sure it's his kid. I, I They were kind of vague if Cyan was his kid. Because she was, like, five years old, and he'd been gone for five years. So, like, did – Terry immediately impregnate his wife or was she pregnant and he didn't know it like they never explained that and I don't know how I'm pretty sure in the comic it's Al Simmons' daughter but they don't even make it seem like he's all that aware of that either so it was just weird one of many things but real quick you had mentioned people having a uh, like a lackluster reaction to things the doctor who does the heart surgery on Jason Wynn is one, that guy should not be allowed to act ever again. Nope. He's so bad. But he puts the device and he's like, there you go, Mr. Wynn. If your heart stops, the bombs will be released and the poison will be spread over the world. You are a fucking medical doctor. Why are you not disturbed by what you just said? Like, he 
no, and, and why did you tell him that's what the device did? Why couldn't you just be like, it's a heart monitor? Also, why are we you... need you to tell... Why are you telling him about your secret plans to kill everyone on Earth? Why is your patient awake? Yes, <laughs> I don't think you can do heart surgery on awake people. You can't You can't jam... You can't jam remotes into people's fucking heart ventricles while they're looking at you. That's not how that works. He's not even... He doesn't even appear to be drugged. He's no. like, you're going to feel a slight pinch. Yeah, he like, says that. Ow! <laughs> Like, well, I was like, I was like, okay, look, maybe you do, maybe you are awake during heart surgery. I don't know, but I'm pretty sure they at least give you a local anesthetic before they yeah. start touching your heart. They're not there going, oh, ouch, oh, this is a rough day I'm having. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, this is insane. At least give him a Percocet or something. But that that doctor, so, I actually just have in the notes. I was like, wow, this doctor, just wow, because I mean, he is like bad tv commercial oh, acting yeah he's just like he's like all right the bomb is now attacked it's just and i just thought it was hilarious i was like why would they have told the doctor what the device did I, I get if they were just like hey we need you to put this in this guy and he was like i'll do it for the money but why did you tell him it was leaf to a poisonous gas yeah why <laughs> like i just i just thought that was, I was like wow you're really letting way too many people know this plan i really feel like any one of them could blow the whistle on you maybe keep a lid on it yeah uh, so, 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 I mean, just as, like, a wrap-up note, I gotta say, this was hard to watch. Like, we obviously have fun making fun of the bad ones. Like, they're enjoy they're, they're great material. But I had to watch this in, like, three parts. I watched it, like, over the course of yeah. various days. It was fucking boring and convoluted, and no scene was particularly enjoyable for very long. So... No. And it was, it was the kind of bad where you're just like, ah, this is really... Like you were surprised that they how much money they spent and that they filmed it and nobody was like this is terrible but it wasn't like you were like this is spectacularly bad like it's yeah. just not good it's just a poor produ- produced film no fight with a very scene. bad script no fight scene impresses you no costume work impresses you the effects certainly don't impress you no one's performance is through the roof I mean John Leguizamo's is memorable I guess is the word I choose but uh, yeah I don't know if maybe not for the best reasons good yeah. And, and no jokes, like, land so well that you just, like, couldn't believe it, you know? I actually can't. I was trying to think of when I was saying, like, it sounded like bad improv. I could not think of one of his jokes other than the scene where he farts, but I don't remember what he said before he farted. Yeah. Oh, he also pulls out his underwear and says skid marks. Yeah, he says, just said That's skid marks. That's the kind of comedy that this movie is bringing us in the first 25 minutes. He does like a, after watching a man just murder a bunch of civilians. He does like a Jimmy Stewart impression at some point, I think. Oh, yeah. He makes a bunch of bizarre references that I'm just like, this is weird. And like one of his lines is he tells Wynn, he's like, we need you to start the apocalypse now. And that was apparently like a written line to be a reference to Martin Sheen being an apocalypse now. And I was like, that's not funny, though. Like, if you're going to reference Apocalypse Now, which they do again later when he says, I love the smell of burning asphalt yeah, in the morning. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, these aren't funny or witty. You're just taking lines from a, a known film and putting them in your movie. All you're, like, it's terrible. All you're doing is reminding me how much you're wasting Martin Sheen. Like, yeah, all, all you're doing is making me feel like I should have seen more Martin Sheen movies in theaters so that he didn't have to be in this movie. That, <laughs> like, I'm like, yeah. I gotta find out where he lives and send him 50 bucks. Can we, can we kickstart Martin Sheen out of this movie? <laughs> yeah, like, oh my god. I feel like that should be a new Hollywood thing. It's be like, look, I'm on hard times. I need you to either raise me about $600,000 or I'm gonna have to be in the sequel to Spawn. And this is, I will say, I will say this was a real bummer. 
because I like while watching it, I was like, I was so bored. I was like, I'm just gonna go and look up Spawn's backstory. I didn't even pause the movie. Yeah, you know I mean, like right. I had it like to the side on my computer while I was reading a Wikipedia. And uh, as I was reading, I was like, this could make for a a really good movie, like a cool special effects movie. And I was like, originally, I was like, they must have only had like ten million dollars, and that's why the special effects are so aggressively bad. But then when I looked it up, I'm like, they had $30 million for just CGI, and this is the best they came up with. I I just couldn't figure it out, like, what happened. Although, like I said, when you find out one of the writers was just a special effects guy, it really does clear – which I would almost think, like, I wonder if he watched the movie and he was like, oh, my God, this is what you guys did with $30 million? <laughs> like, I worked on some, like, some really impressive uh, special effects films, and this is what you're bringing me? But yeah, I, I would. I'll ask. Uh, would you recommend seeing this? No, I gotta say it was it was quite a fucking chore. There has been dumb, shitty movies that we totally recommend. Go watch Time Cop. It's it's, it's no, a fucking blast. Yeah. But the, I cannot recommend Time Cop enough. There are dumb, bad movies with with wonky plots and stupid villains. But this is something something else. It's not. It's it is not worth any effort to see it. <laughs> Even though it's available on Netflix, if you did not watch it for this episode, I mean, like, again, this is one of those things where I'm like, I guess if you had enough people together and it was, like, in the background and you were kind of making fun of it, maybe, but I don't even know then because it is – This is one of those movies not where good. I feel regretful that I was too hard on other movies we've done so far. Like, I want yeah. <laughs> I want to say sorry to, like, Barb Wire, like, for, for doing this because at least use, like, you know, an established classic film as its, like, archetype. So it had some structure. Like, I want to say, I feel I feel like I want to go watch Josie and the Pussycats now, and I, I feel like I, 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 under, I undervalued that. Yeah, and it's like one of those things, too, where it's like... Um, Shit. You just wonder, because you're like, some of these other movies that we made fun of a lot had, like, no budgets. And you're like, we're ripping on them for stuff, but it's like, this movie had a, a good budget for its time period, and still just... Yeah, it, it's a real and, crap fest. And I guess Spawn, if you really want to see... I think what mid, mid to late 90s would have been a hot time for Spawn. Like, I don't... I think it's more of, like, an, a late 80s comic, but uh, unless I'm mistaken, I don't actually know when it first came out. Spawn? Spawn was in the 90s. It was the, yeah. the, the sort of the start of the Image comics. That was so their big... When I heard about a Spawn movie at the time, I would have been like, cool. Even though I wasn't, like, an avid reader or anything, I would have been like, I know that. Like you got yeah. the ba- like you you could do it. Like all you had to do was just cut the hell shit out and spend that money on making Spawn's effects and costume better, and then just like redo the crow, but with Spawn. Like that's all it is. Like just yeah. I it. mean, it's crazy they couldn't have done something more. And I I don't. The movie also did not help because I I'm sure you know that. Todd McFarlane is sued like every three weeks for something, but as I said, they had to take out one of the characters from the movie because he didn't. He had lost a lawsuit for that character, so he couldn't use it in the movie. Uh, the movie came out, and Neil Gaiman sued him because he had written for Spawn for like three issues or two issues or something, and in those issues, he introduced like three of the biggest characters in Spawn's history. He introduced Angela, the yeah, the Angel Warrior. He introduced the Calestrio guy, whatever, which, like, after reading that, I was like, yeah, that makes sense that he would be like, let me look up a guy who thought he, like, who was practicing witchcraft and was a magician in the 1800s, you know, like, this is a real Neil Gaiman thing, and he created Medieval Spawn, and those were, like, three of the biggest things, so it's, like, a huge portion of 
the things you associate with Spawn were actually made up by Neil Gaiman. And he had to sue Todd McFarlane because Todd McFarlane just quit paying him royalties. <laughs> so, and part of it was brought on by this movie because he was like, what the fuck, man? Now you're even using the character in a movie and I'm not getting any money for it? But it is, uh, this was really a, a huge disappointment. Hopefully, you know, we said they might be making a new Spawn movie. So I think, I think in a way you could do a Spawn movie like homecoming just don't include his origin like don't show an origin like you can maybe explain to be like oh he's a hell knight or whatever and he rejected but don't go into it because i don't think it matters you know what i mean i there's nothing his origin is not interesting enough to be retold you know it's pretty generic a guy an evil guy goes to hell and then makes a deal to come back and turns out to be an okay person yeah, it's not that exciting. You know, it's kind of a cliche story. Yeah, just so give us the story. Skip straight. over it. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, I, I think we've covered enough of this disappointing film. Although I will say this to close it out: this movie grossed fifty-four million dollars, so it was it was success. It made money, which is as shocking as shocking could be. Because I thought there was no way this movie could have grossed any money whatsoever, but apparently I was wrong. So. I guess look forward to a Spawn reboot. Uh, until then, if you have a comment or a question or you would like to suggest a film or a pilot project to watch, uh, shoot us a message at facebook.com slash naospod and uh, suggest it there, and we'll do it. We're always looking to see what people actually want to see versus just movies we're picking at random. So let us know there. You can follow Ben on Twitter at the Disco Pony or me on Instagram at It's Pogues. Uh, obviously, yeah, you already named my social media presence, yeah. so... <laughs> I beat you to it. Uh, and again, uh, if you uh, if you listen this far in an episode, I, I adore you and I love you and you're very special. Uh, and please do us a huge favor and give us a little bit of a review on iTunes because it seriously helps us out. That's it then. We'll see you next week for a mini episode where we'll tell you what film is up next.